Today's episode is brought to you by the letter M. I'm Noah Jansen. I'm Eliza Jansen. I'm Meg Jansen. And I'm Hirsch. And this is Twin Picks. Gosh, I love movies. to Twin Picks, the show where a pair of actual real-life human twins and me make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of similarity and decide which one does its job better. But uh, again, keeping in theme with, we've had lots of new friends coming along to the podcast Aww. recently. We have a new friend at the podcast again. Yeah, very true. She's one of my good mates. Hey guys. Hirsch is so cool. Eliza knows I'm always like, where's Hirsch? You cool yeah. all of your guests this much. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, this is... <laughs> we can't yeah. do no, all I the two like, we've had. Because I'm leaving the country soon and I feel like Noah is like trying to creep in and like be your friend. Like he wants yeah, to Yeah, like, I get that vibe too, Noah. There it is. Play cool, I'm dude. I'm open to this. I, I think, think he's been open okay. to... I think it's because he appreciates a lot of things about me that of what that you don't. guys bully me about. Aww. Like he likes the board games. Aww. He thinks they're cool. <laughs> He comes at me with the ball games. Okay. I tried watching Lost. You guys were mean to me about it. Hirsch <laughs> is obsessed with Lost. Wow. The biggest thing, yeah. He loves Lost. Yeah, that's exactly it. And also, you know what else I appreciate? You're like one of our mega fans. Like, you use the email more than, more than pretty I much anyone. And we appreciate a couple of emails. it. Yeah. One of the emails is, like, <laughs> really embarrassing to receive, though. Wow. What? 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 Your, what one of it? your first emails. You said it, like, you didn't say it in a dickish way. Oh, right. But you're like... Eliza, you've been saying the name of Rough Cut wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, you're getting the URL wrong. I kept saying, like, go to roughcut.com, which is, like, for something completely different. <laughs> and I just thought, like, what someone is doing it up. Yeah, or it's roughcutfilm.com. Oh, my God. So I've been in a few episodes. I was like, I, I, yeah, I should probably mention it's it. It's literally, like, yeah. just begging to be on the podcast. Like, that's perfect. Right there. Wow. You're, you're too good at your job. Oh, thanks, I'm guys. sure you're going to sneak in seamlessly. Because I'm bored of these two. They're so mean hey. to me. They, they gang up on me. Things like, oh, yes. oh like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we are here today with a, uh, a, it's a brand of twin pick that we haven't done for a while, which is that pretty much exclusively the connection is just the title is similar. We're doing yeah. in the mood for love. And in the mouth of madness, literally just in the in the in the in the that's just what it is. A connection that oh, a pair of twin films that Eliza will try to tell you she came up with. I really think I came up with it, but I definitely did because I had just watched in the mouth of madness, so I of course came upstairs and said it, and that's fine. I just like I I feel like you could be right, but I just really strongly feel like I came up with it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because I'm trying to like make you concede that you're lying to me, but you don't think you're lying to me. I don't. I'm sorry. Like, I know that you said I'd back you up, Noah, but I did tell Eliza like, "Hey, I need to watch In the Mood yeah, for Love," and, and then like two it. days later, Eliza was like, "Hey, do you want to do an episode with In the Mood for Love?" And in the mouth because it was madness. probably on the list because I'd been like, "You should put it on the list" because okay. you hadn't sent us the list yet. To do it. We have a big list, a big rostrum big of episodes. Yeah. But anyway, I'm so excited to talk about these films with their random little similar title connection yes. so should we jump into in the mood for love can i ask would you rather be in the mood for, for madness love. or in the mouth of love oh, in the mouth of the love mouth sounds- of in the mouth love. of love yeah. sounds like you don't want to get a disease yeah you yeah. don't want to be you want to be in love you don't want to be in the Herpes. mouth of it though 
I'm always in the mood for madness. Ooh. Wait, the mood for madness mood sounds for like madness. you're gonna like go to Super Sonic or something. Both of these are really sexually charged like phrases. No, in the mood for madness. I'm like really amped. I'm like ready to go. Let's go. I'm in the mood for madness. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I feel like in the mood for love could be called in the mouth of love because they're always like eating and like in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. are. Well, like, it's kind yeah. of gross, but like the movie is too, so it works. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah exactly. In the mood for madness, no one's in the mood for madness and in the mouth of madness. They're all like, yeah. I don't want to be crazy. Yeah, they, they don't all are. Yeah, he's just an insurance guy. He wants things to be. In the movie, he wants this to be by the books and by the numbers. But Sam Neil, you kind of just get what you want. No, no, Mr. Neil, life uh, 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 finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> you watched your previous movie. <laughs> Go on. Great. Okay, Let's talk about in the mood for love. In the Mood for Love is a 2000 Hong Kong romantic drama film written, produced, and directed by Wong Kar Wai. Uh, and it tells the story of a man played by Tony Leung and a woman, Maggie Cheung, whose spouses have an affair together and they therefore kind of slowly develop like a little relationship, not necessarily a sexual one, just they kind of just open up to each other as humans. Mm. Um I actually want to throw over initially to Hirsch because you told me the other day that like this director's one of his other films is like a big staple of your kind of cinematic life. Do you want to talk about like what that film is and just like because I have never seen another film by this director and I've seen this film before, but yeah. not like but yeah, I guess I'm pretty just associated with In the Mood for Love and its staple is like one of the great works. Yeah, like foreign cinema. I mean, I actually hadn't seen in the movie The Love either until only a few weeks ago, um, and I haven't actually seen many of Wong Kar Wai's movies. But um, I have seen uh, Chungking Express, which I love. Like, I adore that movie. And I mean, he has this really distinctive style of just being like, you know, it's really, it's really rich and vivid in color, but like all the the dialogue's really sparse, and there's so much like unspoken words between people. Yeah, it's like just the like, subtext mm-hmm. underneath what's been yeah, said. All the time. Yeah, absolutely, and like. I think In the Mood for Love definitely has, you know, that same quality. But, yeah, Chunking Express is just, like, I, I, it's so hard to describe, but it's something about it is just, like, I, I could watch that just on end. Like, gorgeous. So yeah. It's so gorgeous. Well, that's definitely what, like, you kind of take away from this film as well. Like, you articulated really well the idea that, like, with this film, it's amazing for something that has so much impact to actually be quite, like, sparse in the sense of like what's actually being said yeah, yeah it's more suggestive. about suggestive yeah, yeah it's, it's more like about human, what's not being little said. intricate like the the beauty of the cinematography and the way it's shot reflects like you know i think about like every shot of like a light like a light bulb that has like rain falling on it i'm like that is as like electric and alive as like every time that this these you know friends essentially like cry on each other's shoulder like yeah every inch of this movie just drips with like your life. I feel like this movie is textbook, like, saying more in omission than, you know, like, you're mm. not watching this movie for, like, necessarily any kind of, like, heavy dialogue moments by any means. It's what's not being said that packs the greatest punch in this film. Completely. My way into this film is, I don't know, I don't know if it's clinical, so to speak, but I had to study this a bunch of times at uni. Oh, really? And they, it's on... For all my, like, screen study subjects, 
a Wong Kar Wai movie or some in some kind of way they brought out Wong Kar Wai. I think a big part of it has to do with the fact that there are a lot of international students who study screen studies at Monash mm. and a lot of those students choose to like discuss Wong Kar Wai just because it's like quite an easy way into like just talking about cinema. Obviously it's like a very different thing coming from like a different background and then if they were just to show us like all American films, like that would be so confusing because this is such a like staple of Asian cinema especially. So yeah, I have had to see In the Move for Love like at least in two different courses but I almost would hazard a guess and say I've had to watch it in three different subjects and I've written on it. And so because of that part of me remembers this film in like the ways that I've written about it being like, oh, it's light and shade and it's colour. And like Wong Kar Wai plays with colour in really intense ways. I've seen, you know, essay films and really impressive ones done by like some of my peers who talk about his use of colour and like how symbolism in terms of like just general um, Asian culture and art um, is like so rich in his films because of this. Like that is so borrowed from like Asian cinema that that's where we like borrow that kind of colour and symbolism, the interplay between them from um but yeah so part of me when we said we were going to watch this movie I was kind of like oh my god I have to remove (laughs) I know I was like I have to remove that like part of me that just wants to like dissect it Mm. but that actually made my viewing experience really nice this pastime because I wasn't watching it and trying to think of like tropey sentences to say for my like essay it was like I was just watching it enjoying and enjoying it for what it is which is like a beautiful discussion of this strained relationship in these really weird confines Mm. so yeah Sorry, I just went on a no, tangent, but that's, that's me coming at this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's wonderful. I, I, you've kind of articulated there a cool thing of like I, we watch so many films for this like podcast and we watch them really analytically and like mm. intensely. And then I feel like the thing we're always saying with films is like it's ambitious or it tries to say a thing, but it doesn't quite get there. But I still mm. love what it was trying to do. In the Mood for Love is about like everything and it's about everything so effectively and I'm like so funny mm. with another movie where like it was almost about one thing whereas mm. this film <laughs> perfectly articulates just like the human condition like what a broad stroke it what do you mean makes. like just always wanting more and like longing for stuff like I just go like it's about every single possible factor of like of like being let like the betrayal of what they feel but also like the understanding of it because they themselves have it they equally like they feel so betrayed by their spouses mm. um but then equally they are lonely too and don't feel connected to them anyway. So there's like betrayal and there's loneliness and there's also like loyalty and pride and tradition and Mm. all this stuff that's packed into a film that never really spells out much of that for you. Mm. Yeah, I just think a lot of that stuff lies under the surface and then there are these films that try to like really be about a thing and they trip over themselves. (laughs) That's crazy to me. I think re-watching it, I had like... Um, I've been on like a Douglas Sirk kick recently, like watching like American melodrama from the fifties and stuff. Mm. And I remember him saying some quote where he was like, the best melodrama is when your main characters really want something and everyone else in the world won't let them have it. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah. this is totally melodrama. Like yeah. and it has the theatricality of melodrama. Yeah, it's like definitely. beautiful costumes and like almost over the top passion and yeah. like it feels like the whole environment around them is like in love and like forcing them to be together, but also 
like they'll be horribly judged and almost exiled from the could totally do a double feature of like in the mood for love and what's that douglas sirk movie and it's like the gardener and then there's all that heaven allows, all that heaven allows yeah. and then there's like the remake where it's, it's like, just the social pressure yeah from, like, it's literally you guys just, are doing the wrong thing keeping them apart yeah even in terms of how i know the remake maybe not the sirk original because i'm assuming that's in black or white um, no, it's in colour. It's, oh, it's like in super colour. bright colour, yeah. Oh, well, maybe. Oh, I can't even remember now which one I'm thinking of. But I know that um, there's the remake with, Ju- with... Yeah, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, yeah. And it's like really intense, saturated colour. And then I think so is in the move for love. A different like story, a movie or whatever, but it's like really like copying all the yeah, It's Like it's far from heaven. It's like a different... Yeah, far from mm. heaven, yeah. Wow, I'm thinking of them as the same thing. But yeah, same title basically. <laughs> I know, it feels so similar. Anyway, yeah, yeah you could do the, like these together. They feel like they fit into each other but also like from like completely different cinemas, like from Asian cinema and Western cinema. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, tangent. Meg, do you think that like, I mean, I have only seen this movie, you know, I haven't studied it or anything in any kind of formal mm. setting so I've only, you know, seen it just as it is and taken it as it is. Do you think, I mean, you could probably maybe say this about, you know, lots of movies but do you think it kind of lost anything from the like – over analytical reading of it. Like I think with, mm. you know, all, all of Wong Kar Wai's movies I've seen really have that, like, they're just very, I guess, they, they're really just hit for, for emotion and it's just yeah. like, it's a very, yeah. you just, like when I watch it, I'm really just thinking like the, imp- the overall impression I'm getting from it. And I yeah. feel like it's I kind of like don't want to. Yeah, exactly. It's like a bath of a film kind of. And well, I kind I of don't want to think about it oh, too much. Like I absolutely. Well, they, in like the foundational subjects, especially at uni that like I talk, that was kind of the point of making us watch these movies. These, they would always do this kind of film, like a very moody ambient or like a crazy, very schizophrenic like Lynch or whatever because they wanted you to hone in on how to describe a mood. Like you can't be like, it's vibey, it's Mm. like washy or whatever. Like they Mm. were like, no, you have to hone in on it. So the point was to sort of drill the mood moodiness out of it out of us no. when we're watching it which sucked <laughs> yeah. that's why when i was like oh, we're watching this movie i was like oh am i really gonna get that but it was nice watching it again and sort of getting that back mm. like i obviously parts of it i was like oh i wrote on this scene and this meant that to me in my you know t- interpretation that i did for this assignment but i don't know i feel like you can't watch this film and at least at some point not think like this is just like like it's it's a, it's a mood piece it's you're watching it and it's saying so little and saying so much in like the slightest moments. Absolutely. Like between, you know, them eating like alone and then the different sequences of them in this really tiny, tight domestic spaces and like how they move and interact with each other and with the world around them in these really delicate ways, like how they interact with society and who they are to society and then behind closed doors. Like you you can't help but feel that like intensity, the intensity of what that says about this time, about these people, these characters. But um, yeah, it did drill it out of me a little bit mm. at school. But it makes sense though, because like it, it obviously is like so ripe for you know, yeah, interpretation, in terms of how to create yeah. a mood, yeah. and that, like it, it, it makes sense to me why it's such a staple of film studies. Like yeah, even though I haven't been in yeah. that, I haven't done it. I yeah, yeah, that yeah. In yeah. That lens. yeah, like it just totally makes sense. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was apparently. Did you see on the wiki page? It said. When Wong Kar Wai was talking about this project, he was like, yeah, I'm going to make, like, a romantic musical. Like, how different would this movie be if the characters, like, sang about how they felt? Yeah. I kind of would love that. Like, it's such a different movie, but I would kill to no, see it's that. So, like, it's so, like, entirely different. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If anything, it feels like such a step, like, away, away from, from anything like yeah. that. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, like that just makes me, it, it, even just, like, in the sense of, like, the structure of this film and stuff, like, that doesn't support, like, I think a musical, like, is generally very, like, linear and, like, 
really like not hold your hand, but it's always quite like straight. And, like, obviously not fun mm-hmm. and the function of music of like a musical, like the songs in a musical is to like give a window into how a person's really feeling and stuff, which is like not what happens in this movie at all. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. well, like if we, we have to just assume from the outside, um, I loved on, on this watch that didn't really stick out to me the first time is like, for something that's so simple, it's actually like the progression of events and time and stuff is really like haphazard and weird. Yeah. And I mm. love it because mm. it's, it reminds me of like, you know, life just happens. Like things happen mm. and you're like, how do we get here? Like, oh my God, how am I in this situation? Has it already been a week since yeah. 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 And it feels like they're like looking back on it and like reflecting and it's like, skip that bit, go to there. Go to, you know what I mean? Like you, it yeah. just kind of jumps around. It doesn't go backwards or forward. Like it, I just mean like, the natural passage of time in this movie is really weird. Like the moment-to-moment editing feels like nostalgic. And it's all delineated yeah. by only Maggie Chung's costumes. Like yeah. that was the only way I could tell that time had changed. Like she'll be walking down the yeah. stairs in like one coloured cheap hour, which is like they're all so spectacular. Oh, they're incredible. And then she'll arrive in a different colour and you're like, has this been like a week? Has mm. it been a month? Yeah. Like, mm. And it just adds to your thing of like, God, how lonely must they be? Like if we're only getting snippets of their lives oh. without their partners and like yeah. while they're thinking about this other person, like, oh, it must suck. Yeah. And it's like, just such a good, as you said, like see. rather than just being told people are lonely a lot, we just watch them constantly walking, mm. doing the same thing day after day after day with nobody else and like some days it rains yeah. and they have to run and you're just like, oh, you're making me lonely. Like <laughs> literally anyone talk to them. Like, you d- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, just a think, great example of show, don't Yeah, know. and like they only kind of let out their emotions when they're doing that weird, like slightly kinky, like play acting. Rehearsal thing. Yeah. Oh, it's like, such a cool yeah. device. Yeah. It's so weird. Thing of the movie. I think, like the thing I think it does the best, absolutely. Yeah, when they- Like you keep getting tricked into thinking they're- Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cheating with each other, but they're actually reenacting how their partner's cheated on- yeah, exactly. Like it's such a sort but then it's of like, genius Is that device. the same thing of their like play acting? It's so yeah to mirror yeah. like deliberately mirror what their partners are doing and like try to. I mean, they're sort of doing it in a way of, I guess, trying to analyze what their partners are doing without yeah. like. But they kind of give into the same emotions themselves, and yeah. it's even it's the, like, so genius. It knows its audience in this. It, it knows its audience wants any semblance of like thing to grip mm. onto. Like those bits always play on the fact that you're like. Confront the confront yeah, your spouse, like yeah. Yeah. To, like fight them, but it's literally just like life. It's like no, like you don't get what you here. want. You just have you to do it with that's not what, in front Like of you. obviously, <laughs> the fun movie version of this is like the spouse comes home and they're like, "I know," blah, blah, and there's some big fire, but it's like you don't get they that. Just don't like, get fuck that. You. Yeah. No, 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 that's yeah. not the way life works. Like yeah. with so many other things with movie, it's but what goes unsaid between them, between between Tony Leung and Maggie Chung, but like also just, I mean, you're right, you don't get that conversation between mm-hmm. them and their spouses. Like you just kind of. They just go on with life. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I don't know, if I'm thinking about this movie, I think of this as like one of those, I don't want to say like great romances or great love stories because it's so much more than that. It's literally like, it's not even just a romance. It's just a connection. It's just like insane connection that they have born from a, like just, just they really needed some loneliness and need for mm. like a connection but it does remind me of that kind of like the whole strain and like the, you know, give and take and like the the weird politics of their relationship. It, the payoff is so significant in that final shot, in that symbolism of like the whole whispering in, in the Cambodia. tree and yeah. in Cambodia. Um, it sort of is reminiscent for me of films like The Way We Were or like Shambu. La La Land or whatever where it's kind of like we, we don't get what we want but like that doesn't mean that we can't remember this beautiful 
connection doesn't mean it or wasn't, romance or, doesn't mean or love it wasn't in worth a it. special like, way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even though I don't want to like reduce this film to like a romantic drama because it's it, just not that. It's I so think much it's okay more. to read it just as a romance. Like, yeah. it's really it feels romantic. like more to me. It feels like they become like. I don't know, beyond romance, it's like this sort of desperate, the desperation that they have for wanting to be with someone. The idea of considering it a romantic drama, like despite the fact that they don't actually, you know, come together. Well, you want for them to. Yeah, but like I think they're just still considering it romance. You may as well consider it romance, right? Like even though they don't actually in the end have a, you know, happy ending together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kind of part of that power is it's like one of the most romantic movies of all time, even though like it kind of breaks down, like, you know, the um, outer boundaries of the word romance. Like, it's not about yeah, it's like on the husband and wife. So, yeah. It's not about, like, unrequited. It's just about, yeah. And there's like, no big passionate, you know, this no, or that. Yeah. Like, it's about what are the outskirts about it. of that emotion, of that want. Yeah, yeah wow. Exactly. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm legit, like, a bit deflated. I'm yeah, like, Eliza's oh. like, oh, damn. <laughs> She's, like, <laughs> sitting there with a the beer. She's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. It's not good voice. Maybe it's time to get a bit mad then. I think I think we need really? I think we got so sad we're gonna go crazy. Let's it was sad, do now it. let's get mad. Wow. Mouth of Madness oh is God. a 1994. Hated that. <laughs> I, I thought it was full of artistic flair that you would find in a Lovecraft book, which is like the vibe of this Lovecraft horror kind of film, directed and scored by my dad, John Carpenter. It stars <laughs> Sam Neill, uh, and he plays this like freelance insurance investigator dude who is hired by. Um, this book, like th- this publisher, because they're like, oh, you have to go find this author called Sutter Kane, who's written, like, he's like, essentially in the movie itself, they describe him as like, you know, they're like, he's bigger he's than, than Stephen bigger King. Than Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, the whole vibe is he just like writes these books, these horrifying books that are essentially creating like mass violence and hysteria. And he's tasked with like tracking him down. And the whole film is just the mad Lovecraftian horror and insanity that ensues. Um, <laughs> The film is part of, like, an unofficial trilogy of Carpenters called the Apocalypse Trilogy, which is, like, The Thing and Prince of Darkness and this. And I would say Prince of Darkness and this are, like, his most underrated films. They're both terrific. And I absolutely adore In the Mouth of Madness. I don't even know how to start with this one. Like, I just think, I think my... Like, please don't say anything bad about yeah, it. Like, Genuinely, the more you've been talking, the more I've realised I didn't understand this movie. <laughs> like, can you I, tell us That's what you part of what's so endearing. I yeah. thought that it was like everyone who read the book. Yes. The book. The you book. Know what I'm there about? is a book. Went crazy. What's the book called, Meg? In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, it is. And they all went crazy. And then he read the book. And so did she, Styles. He can't uh, say her name. Yeah, her name's Stars. But then she was... <laughs> I was losing it. <laughs> <laughs> then there was, like, the book, like, like they freed, like, monsters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the I monsters set, af- set after it him. It doesn't even have, like, the strictest of plots. Like, I think it yeah. is. So I feel like... Just- yeah, and then he, he had read the book, so he went crazy, and then he... Killed someone with an axe. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. I'll oh, give but that then to he you. went back to the Charlton Heston. 
and said to Charlton Heston, like, oh, you sent me to do this. And he's like, he's no, like, no, I didn't. But it's, I it's didn't. crazy insanity. Because he's like, and Styles never existed. Because he's like in the book. But like, no, but he's like, in the book. No, yeah. but then the guy like wrote it's the like book. It's like Inception. Yeah. So he wrote the book about him and then. You don't need to think. You're, oh, don't that, that, look at how insane you're going right now. And then at the this end, that's the, the, the movie. movie. The you're just just at the start, you think he is insane. You think he's insane, but he is insane. So he is. So like. Because he read the book. So <laughs> the boss baby predicament. Before we started recording this, we were trying to discuss the really obscenely convoluted like plot of the boss baby. Yeah, yeah. didn't work. Which isn't a better part of my spell. <laughs> anyway, sorry guys, I tried. Um, I actually will read out a little Lovecraft quote that I think perfectly captures. Uh, this is from one of his letters that really captures <laughs> the spirit of the film, which is now like all my tales are based on the fundamental premise that common human laws and interests and emotions have no validity or significance in the vast cosmos at large, which is this idea that, like, in all Lovecraft material, it's, like... Cosmic horror. It's, like, who cares about, like, shock elements and, like, gore and, like, earthly shit? Because, like, at any moment, the universe can just decide, fuck you, and it can, like, chew you yeah, up and the, spit you out. the biggest horrors are, like, the things you can't even think of. Literally. Like, the things yeah. you can't even envision. You yeah, like, we are at the whim, which is why I, I love a movie where, like, it isn't so much being like, will our hero win? It's just being like, the, the as the movie goes on, you gradually learn that your hero is like walking <laughs> totally into this. This is like, well, this movie is kind of, I was going to say second, I don't know if which one came first, but I was going to say the second entry into the Sam Neill Lovecraftian cinematic universe. I mean, have you seen yeah. Event Horizon? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's so true, guess, yeah. Right? Like they're both, I mean, I love both movies. Yeah. But like it's with this, with um within the Math of Madness, it's like, I don't really know where to start, but honestly, it just it like it just rips. Like it's just, it's so, just hard not to, so hard. So hard. Like it's beyond, funny as well. That's what I mean. Beyond yeah, being so like hilarious. thematically, I actually find what it says in a big like budget horror movie like really interesting and cool for a movie that got such a wide release. Wait, At the same time, it's so fucking dope and like random and funny. Next, like you guys enjoyed? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm confused because I watched this movie and I did. Like I cannot prove. Like I don't know what to do to prove it. I didn't get any of this. I'm so confused. Like, I think that Sam Neill, like, gave a lot to a movie that literally just baffled me. And I can see where you'd be. Like, it wasn't as if I wasn't scared. Like, if I came into this discussion and said, this movie just wants to scare you because it's a horror movie, then I think it does do that because it was pretty scary. Like, yeah, I'll pay it. But if you think it was trying to do, like, more than that, then I definitely can't pay that. I totally think it is. There were, like, six different monologues where they were, like, you are sane and then the world is sane, but what if yeah, what's everyone's that? He's insane? Like, reality is just like Every, what yeah. everyone agrees on. Exactly. Yeah. If everyone in the world goes insane, then now they are the majority the and they are yeah. sane. I mean, like, that's there. why the whole world loses their mind is because everyone just starts believing in Sardegan's yeah. books. Too. I like so they make that point. Probably six times. <laughs> and it's perfect every time. Oh, I love the film, like, the way it talks about, like, fiction and reality and stuff. The idea of, like, you know how they always talk, like, in this, like, the Bible and L. Ron Hubbard and yeah. stuff. And mm. it's the idea that, like, how um, like the mixing of fiction, the worlds of fiction and reality and, and, and even just like it makes me think about like I'm going so into this dumb movie. Like it made me think about <laughs> school shooters and stuff. Yeah. How like, you know, we always go like, oh, video games create shooters, like those people, blah, 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 which is like the dumbest thing ever. But it is the idea that like fiction can open up internal realities if for people. If we were to accept that fiction as our reality, it yeah. would be like exactly. Yeah. I will oh love it. I do feel like this movie, like I... I, I really wish that I felt more of that like really 
unreal sense of like I don't know what's real and like but you were just like the pop and dumb no like I I didn't really feel that I was just like I had a great time in this movie yeah I didn't really get that sense of like this this is just a horror too big to imagine I wonder how much of that is Sam Neill because I feel like he never really (laughs) reacts to the shit (laughs) around him he's always just like until the very 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 end when he laughs hysterically his laughing at the end sent me like I was laughing probably my favorite part of the movie I don't know if he's miscasting this or perfectly casting he's so great I think he's great I think he hits the tone in this movie stuff like Styles. So she reads the book. She reads In the Mouth of Madness and gets says. corrupted. Someone's like the movie and in a, in a, she turns yeah. into one of my favourite like horror movie ghouly things, which is when like a human is like all bent over creepy and yeah, their head, like, head is like oh, halfway off her body. Crazy. I love whenever that, that happens. Like an exorcist or whatever. But his response is like he looks at her and then gets in the car and drives away. Like, <laughs> he's not really like reacting like I wish the more distinct shot like my main criticism of the film i'm yeah. gonna cry as i say this i'm sorry john i'm so sorry mr carpenter um i wish that he were like more of a dick at first right or that yeah. he was more openly like here's my perspective on this you know mm-hmm. and that we really saw him like you know what i mean i just kind of feel like we he's such like he's a little bit too much of a wet blanket in the sense that like you, he's a real scully yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah i just i don't know i wish that i just like would see the descent into madness kind of like really shock me when i was like oh my god at the start of this movie yeah you were yeah. a completely different person you know you're see, really I rational i think maybe um i think there are a lot of reasons why this movie threw me <laughs> probably because i was just like what the hell is happening like i really thought when styles started kissing him i was like oh are they gonna hook up now no they didn't hook up anyway <laughs> But as I was saying, the like whole descent crazy would make out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when the whole descent into madness didn't really happen for me until the very yes. end. Yeah, and it's then kind of off camera. Just, yeah, it's like where where does he descend into this like I don't know question of his own reality? Where does that like questioning happening? If I if he is the vehicle for my own understanding of what is happening in this world. I'm not really following. Like, I am so thrown. Mm. Maybe, I don't know if that's what's, like, completely threw me off, like, this plot. Yeah, I do think the pace is a little off. I might, um, I might just comment that I did read that apparently Ari Aster, um, so, like, yeah, director like his of favorite Hereditary film. and Midsommar, yeah, he said this is, like, one of the most, like, the biggest influences on his movie. On his right. work. Which is, like, I wouldn't have thought of it, but, like, when I saw him read that, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can yeah, totally I can get that. Like, it's so, like, I know, like, it doesn't really follow like a, I don't know, traditional narrative. It's just like, yeah. it just yeah. gets more nightmarish the more you go and on. it's yeah. attention to detail as yeah. well. Like weird shit, mm. like the evil painting, the evil yeah. landlady at the B&B or whatever. Like, but it's also not really beholden to a logic. Like Ari Aster in yeah. a lot of his films, it's like, yeah, we're not really trying to unpack this much more than we need to for you to like just understand what's going on, yeah. I guess. Like, just, you, sorry, after you. <laughs> my point's so dumb. Like a nonsensical bit. <laughs> like that I really enjoyed was he, when like an evil mob of the townspeople <laughs> that he's going to to hunt down Sutter Kane is coming towards him and one of them races towards him with like a shovel or an axe or something and you're like oh crap he's gonna die or there's gonna be a fight scene and the guy just stops and hisses like fuck you at him and then sprints away I find so this funny. genuinely like as pulpy and uh, like as pulpy and dumb as it is, I also find like it more effective than just being like I exclusively like I feel like Hirsch is straight up on the train of like this is enjoyable because holy shit lol. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, to me, what makes Mr. Carpenter perfect <laughs> is the marrying <laughs> it's like the marriage of like pulp silliness and like oh my god lol moments with like really dread inducing things. Horror things. Yeah. Like yeah. I, like just like how my favorite part of Halloween is the fucking fear of an unstoppable thing 
like coming yeah. towards you that you have no choice. Like you're at the whim of it. I think the strength of this movie is the idea that like, just like in Midsummer, actually, like you gradually realize, oh, the character, the progression of this plot isn't even like, will they get out of it? Will they figure it out? Like, will they it's just save how themselves? fucked it's up just, will they be? And yeah. it's literally just like, can we just make it end? Like when, like, you know, <laughs> that's even his thing of being like, I just want to stay in this asylum. Like, just make it end. Like, mm. th- that like, is so scary. I think like, Halloween does concept. do that really well. And like, I'm yeah. not going to insult Halloween to your face. Like, you, yeah, you better, you're <laughs> better like, not. I didn't really get that with this movie. In fact, I was more like, I didn't want it to end because I was having a great time. I'm like, no, like I don't feel like the tension yeah. or like the sinking feeling or something because this is just so like yeah. bonkers and like everyone's being so over the top that I would yeah. uh, like, I'm just enjoying it. Like I didn't Which get very tension. Valid. What's everyone's favorite like dumb horror like um, device in this spooky movie? Like bit. all the different spooky things that happen. What's your favorite? I think my favorite actually like spooky bit that's like, oh, like that's a little bit weird. It was um, when they're driving to Hub's End and they pass the, they like drive, it's like the, the kid, middle the of the boy. night the and kid? they've been driving for hours and on some random highway in the middle of nowhere. And they just pass someone like riding along their bike. Yeah, it's like I was so scary. It's a really spooky image, and it's Before like that's pretty subtle for this movie. I think. Yeah. I mean, but it does I didn't get. need for them to then hit the thing on like the bike. But then that makes the know. spooky spider thing. Is that but when then, the spider thing happens? Guys, I just read spider? on the wiki page that the like real world equivalent of that spooky on the bike person was played by Hayden Christensen. That's a no, young. No, that's the little boy that's at the, the end of the boy. movie. Yeah, oh, they're I didn't the know that. That's crazy. Same act. No, no. That guy God, was like, what movie did I goddamn watch? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. Hayden Christensen is in it. Yes, yeah. But he's like, but he's like a cute end. little boy at the end. Makes like, yeah. are these the auditions for Pippin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, like this. Stupid, I, I want to believe I enjoy this movie as much as you guys did, but like, I did have problems with its structure, where yeah. like. I know John Carpenter can make such a fun movie and he felt like he kind of like teased you a little bit by like letting you out of any kind of big, glorious, like horrible climax. Like we had at the end Sam Neill being chased down a corridor by these like kind of obscured, like you don't fully see them, hmm. these like big gloopy demon guys. Yeah. And then he's in the insane asylum and it's almost like when he wakes up the apocalypse has happened. And you're like, oh, oh. like where was yeah, the big really moment? Yeah. yeah, it has tiny little payoffs, like tiny little jump scary, like turn of the face. Oh my god, it's like a turned inside out person or whatever. You're right, there, really, there isn't really a climax. I do think the pacing of this movie is a little off, but yeah. like, I don't, I don't think it took heaps away from. Yeah, and I, I also think like again, it's one of those things where you go. It's a film where, like, the more messy it is, the more you can be like, well, the point it's what making is, is like, insanity, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I do get that, like, sometimes it's kind just unspecific out. rather yeah, than, yeah. like, making that a choice. Yeah. But I also do go, like, I definitely get the vibe from this that part of the horror is at the end he's just like, I'm no one special in the sphere of this. That's part of the best thing about Lovecraft is, like, it's not like your character is your hero. Your character is just the dumb vessel that yeah. you're going to, like, follow as they walk He's into random the shit. the character that the movie happens to follow. Yeah, basically just they're like, actually, like, pieces of shit. And, like, good luck to them. Like, yeah. they'll probably get fucked over just as much as you would. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it does illustrate... I genuinely think it very well illustrates the idea that, like, any piece of fiction, the blurring of any lines between fiction and reality, like, fiction can just mm. become reality the more people that subscribe to it. Yeah. Even with, at the end, like... The movie, the final image, which is, like, one of my favourite Carpenter final images, <laughs> we were talking about, like, <laughs> Sam Neill's, like, insane laughter at the end is he gets out of the insane asylum and, like, and, like the whole world's destroyed and he walks into 
the cinemas to see the adaptation He's of In the Mouth, Mouth of Madness. Madness. Directed by John, John Carpenter. <laughs> and it's the movie we just watched. And he sits alone in a theatre with a bucket with of popcorn. popcorn. And he's like <laughs> lo- laughing. And then it turns into a cry. And, it and is, it's, it's like, like the glory. It's like a supercut of just people saying like sanity and reality to <laughs> him. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a supercut of the movie. We just watch. Yeah. Like, it's not even like a scene. You're like, it. I was there. Like, I know. But like, it's I don't okay. even want the version of a Lovecraft, Lovecraft story that's like very genuinely, like really takes that shit seriously i do love right. that it's like as well as being all those awesome them- thematic things it is still this like dumb pulpy thing that i'll watch when i'm i think that's what it drums. needs to be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this movie has such like a cult following i don't know if it's that like well at the time but it has such a cult following um, and i think it maybe wouldn't be as much if it was like i don't know a really formally well-made movie yeah. i think people love the way this, mo- the mo- this movie the way it is yeah i'm gonna be really brave and say it's the last good movie john carpenter made yeah which is really like his ones sad. after this uh all Village of them have the parts in it that I love. And Escape Village from LA. Like, and it's a very sharp decline. Ghost of, go, Ghost Ghost of Mars, Mars and The Ward. What a yeah. send-off, hey? Truly. Oh, <laughs> bloody oh. hell, what a send-off. I have to say, like, oh, yeah. I have, like, a really niche pet peeve where when movies have a character who's a writer, it'll be, like, the whole movie, everyone's like, they're such an incredible writer. Why, like, these words brought me to tears. And then when they read some of the writing, you're like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, Nicholas Sparks, yeah, whatever. Whereas in this one, when she, when Stars is reading the, like, fake Lovecrafty writing, I was like, this is dope. Like, I would read that book. That sounds really good. No, you can't. You mustn't read it. <laughs> I want to read it so bad. Oh, I yeah. would read these, the fuck out of these books. They sound so dope. To close <laughs> off, before we go into the comparing, here's what Styles says to Trent. What scares? Can we make noises in the background? Yeah, everyone makes spooky noises. You can just be like, sanity. What scares me about Kane's work is what might happen if reality shared his point of view. Reality is just what we tell each other it is. Sane and insane could easily switch places if the insane were to become a majority. You would find yourself locked in a padded cell wondering what happened to the world. Alrighty, so I guess we try and compare them, even though like mm. one of them's in the Mouth of Madness and the others not. Just some shitty <laughs> movie that ended up on BFI. Good luck. I don't know the what the millennium. fuck is that. I don't know what it's in another language. Are you kidding me? I speak English. We talk. I want no. I don't care. Sorry, they're both really good. Let's compare them. <laughs> I want to say, are there any similarities between these movies? Literally, this I is the most disparate one we've I was ever done. Yeah. My brain, like trying to like think of some yeah, funny way to compare I was like struggling because we always find some like we'll pick something we think is random, and then we're like, yeah. actually, we found out that they have really similar thematic ideas. Whereas my Imagine if in the mood for love they were just like slowly going insane and like <laughs> love is themselves. slowly going insane. It's the same thing. Exactly. Oh, there it is. Wow. We made it. What? We made it. Mildly? Anthony's got got one here. I see it in his eyes. Just scream it out. Yeah, I was just gonna say that like yeah, the idea of like being in a relationship with someone and finding out that they've like been unfaithful to you and that sort of thing is probably like a version of sanity and reality sanity yeah. reality yeah i guess like the whole time yeah, their they're reality trying breaks down, doesn't to it? Yeah. yeah they're questioning reality because they're like trying to play it out but they don't equally really know because anything. their reality is made what's up real, of the what's facts fake? What that you shouldn't okay, cheat and stuff but is... then like <laughs> we are clutching <laughs> wow see look what's happened to us oh because of john <laughs> carpenter Guys, I'm going to say it up top so you guys aren't really shocked later on. I know you're all going to be getting in the mood for love. Yeah. I am going to bring us back to the fact of, like, the 
importance. Like, I don't think this factors in a lot for us, but like what I hold close to like me as a movie watcher, my cinematic like language, what I like always tend towards what's going to get the most rewatchability for me. Mm. And it's it's in the mathematics. I think that's who's surprised. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like so with with in the mood for love. Because we're saying these movies so often, and like one of these times, I'm going to screw it up and get them mixed up. <laughs> I feel like it's so when thinking about like what I guess Wonka was trying to do with this. Like a lot of his movies and this as well. Like it's mostly improvised or like he sort of as he goes writes a lot of it. Um, oh, just like based on how the characters oh. are reacting and how the actors play them and stuff and I feel like with this like because of that I feel like he was just approaching this movie more in a sense of like a world that he wanted to set it in like you yeah. know in this well I guess like 60s Hong Kong which apparently for him is really nostalgic I guess that's where he grew up so like I think he just wanted to set this really heartbreaking story in this world that he had like all these fond I guess memories of and this image that he really loved yeah and like I mean he nails it like this movie is so mm. full of that mood that like he absolutely just got that so well yeah I think I agree there's like this strange like, like I feel that nostalgia as someone who, like, I can't be nostalgic for, obviously, Hong Kong <laughs> in the 60s, but also there's such, like, a universality to this film, it, like, the message that it conveys in, like, so few words. Um, yeah. I think that this, like, you, Wong Kar Wai could have said everything that he says in In the Mood for Love without, like, any dialogue. Like, this film exists, I don't know, in in this sort of, like, realm of cinema that... I don't know, for me, speaks to this human condition that, like I think Noel was saying before, it it's talking about all of these different aspects of life. It's like betrayal and trust and fidelity, but also like the desperate need for like connection and loneliness and isolation. And that's still so relevant today, but it also fits this setting here, but it could also be set in so many different periods. Like mm-hmm. this film is saying so much in so few words and very, very successfully for me and I think for most audiences. And it's like a critical acclaim. It's like fully supports presence that, yeah. in the popular imaginary. It just all supports that. And I just can't say the same for In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. That's very um, fair. Well, yeah. I, I think like in terms of what they want to do in the mood for love, I think what it's trying to accomplish is to present like a deeply human, intimate relationship that's very unique and the circumstances surrounding are very unique in turn that would in turn cause you to reflect on those ideas in your life. And I think definitely like we've talked a lot previously, even like I think it'd be interesting with our podcast to hear like the different topics and themes that we all like that resonate with each of us individually the most. Mm. Like this film has all the things that resonate with me a lot. Like I'm very fascinated by, you know, like communication and how like deeply we can miss what like what our fellow person actually really needs. And even like I think the film subtly talks about things like, you know, they are so hurt by like, you know, their trust is so broken, but that's almost like a weird result of a system that they're like, well, does marriage like like I love you now. Like I, you know, I'm feeling yeah. a pull towards you. And yeah. if anything, the film shows us like the pull towards their spouses almost feels kind of like, it's not like they love them or want them back. They just want connection. Mm. If anything, it's just like, it breaks down a lot of the like outer skin of society, of like societal ideas about love and stuff. And just brings it back to like, 
oh, how confusing is it that we're like these giant flesh bags of meat <laughs> that like we have different have wants and needs. Talk to each other, yeah. yeah, who don't talk to each other. And then sometimes like you want a thing and then sometimes you want another thing and you're like, I just want to be happy. Like, Yeah, mm. and like the inconveniences they're willing to go to, like the scene yeah. where they're kind of trapped in his bedroom because they're like neighbours are playing mahjong or whatever yeah. outside and they're like, like all oh, day shit, long. I guess I'll we'll live us. here. Yeah. Like, so now they're just stuck in his room for ages. And it's like at some point it's ridiculous the lengths people will go to to make sure they're living up to the like label that they've been given. Yeah. That yeah. give nothing back to them. Yeah. That's like, yeah. It's like literally like they're it's miserable. so interesting. Like we all like serve a societal idea of a thing that you go like well, what's even like the, the, point, the, the yeah. reward from subscribing to that. Like mm. the fact that you don't even see their spouse in the movie at all. You never they, see they their may as well like not stuff, exist. Yeah. Like they're just a title of like I have a husband and I have yeah. a wife. Like they don't actually exist as people in this movie. Yeah, they don't really so exist in their lives. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, like in the movie for love is of course one of the best films I've ever seen. Like, and it's a masterpiece and like a gorgeous film. Um, it how can you say one is the best film you've ever seen and then pick the other one? Because it, it just fucking does. Like, his, like, it does. His, I think it does. It definitely language. does. Just I think like I, it it's like sometimes you watch a film and you're like, this is like made for me. No, like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like someone like made this film. Like, like how it's like my language. Is. You know. Sure. Like I can of course even like I can say in the mood for love like. The thematic ideas it talks about are more like resonant to me than the ones in in the mouth of madness. Yeah. But like, I love horror and I love like pulp I, and I just love. I, totally I even don't that. think it accomplishes what it wants to do as yeah. well. Like, I think it doesn't. As we said, I think it's trying to ride a line of like Carpenter can't. Like, he wants to talk about sanity and insanity and like reality and fiction, mm. but he can't hold himself back from trying to make a movie dumb and fun. Like he can't yeah. hold himself back but from making it he pulpy. He already made a great movie about sanity and reality that is also kind of messy and odd structure, but totally works for me. They live. And it's like, what is that movie? What did that movie have? That this I think it just strikes that tone a little bit better. I, I think it's silly. I think premise. it has more to say. And in this, he's Probably. kind of leaning on Lovecraft's themes without really developing them or making them fit for a movie. I mean, they leave as more like society will drive you crazy. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this one's a little bit the more mood. like, yeah. I mean, it's more fictional, I guess. But like, <laughs> yeah. it's all like meta and shit. And it's yeah. like. If you don't like this piece of fiction itself, then you like you're essentially agreeing with what we think about I was reality kind of hoping, and shit. This is so stupid. I've seen this movie before. I think the first time I was watching it, I was hoping that at the end he'd be like, "I'm illiterate." It's like you can't read the book. He's the only guy. Or something. Oh, that'd be beautiful. That's so stupid. He's like immune to the. Oh, that'd be great. That's so dumb. I think at the end of the day, <laughs> like I could probably keep talking about in the mood for love for another like yes. few hours, yeah. but I don't think I have heaps more to say about in the mouth of madness. So. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. if anything, that like sums Look, up. I guess what I'm saying is like, to. obviously, in the mood for love is going to win. So to show my respect. Oh. But oh, in the mouth of madness, yeah. I'm gonna pick gonna be, in the mouth yeah. of madness. You're the one insane your decision. man. Exactly. Insane, you know, you're we're saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm insane. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just in here with a bunch of crucifixes scrolled on my body, saying, <laughs> "In the mouth of madness. In the mouth of madness <laughs> is my pick." So Meg, in the mouth of love. In the mouth of love. Hirsch in the mouth of love. In the mouth of madness. No, it's it's in the mouth of madness. In the mouth of love. In the mouth of love. Can we do another count? I missed that. Okay. Go again. Meg in the mouth of love. In the mouth of love. In the mouth of love. Me in the mouth of love. You guys are really unclear oh today. I will write it Make down. It's in the mouth of madness. And then we'll, okay, yeah, good. A, a very <laughs> distinct win. But in the mood for love, I didn't even argue that. I was like, you're all right. Yeah. But you're, you're, like, you're all correct. I think we've done that a bit in the past. You're like, just like, I need to, it's someone been, should recognize Someone it. should respect it. going to lose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it's still slaps so hard yeah it really does wonderful well big congrats to in the mood for love yet another accolade uh among many and now we are going to go check 
on our triplet in the attic, the only insane one in this house of learned scholars. <laughs> It's time for Triplet in the Attic, where we got to pick a deformed, rejected little third piece of media. It could be a Sutterkane book. A Sutterkane TV show. It could be anything Sutterkane. Any All praise to Sutterkane that we think acts as a thematic triplet to this episode's twin picks. Eliza, kick us off, gal. Okay, so you know how you know you, you, both the movies are like in the mer, in, in the, the mer, M, mer, in the mer. Yeah. I just chose the movie M by Fritz Lang. Oh, that's great because uh. it's M, and also that movie's scary. Yeah, it's like pretty mm. horrifying. I think it's also like kind of perfectly in between both these movies. Yeah, very true. Like it has like the unhinged like pulpiness and like morbidity of like in the mouth of madness, but I think it also has like. This really suggestive, like, beautiful visual style, even though it's about a horrible, like, serial killer who murders children, it has, like, this really suggestive, beautiful um, aesthetic to it and it tells its story in that way. That and it's I think equally, like, about, like, the too. fine details of the human condition, like, the little, you know, like, it's full mm. of very people, like, being very damning and, like... Yes. No, 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 you're the worst, but obviously, because it's, like, evil, but, like... I mean, in, in this case, you're kind of on intricate. society's side. Oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, let's take the law into our own hands, whereas yeah. in the mood for love, you're like, no. No, society, don't, don't hold it back. But, yeah, great pick. Yeah. Love that. Hirsch, yeah. kick it off, our wonderful guest. Okay, so, I mean, I guess I took a similar approach, but ended up with a different result. <laughs> result. Um, so, like, we, I guess, I don't know where you'd consume, where you'd, okay, so it's an album. Um, <laughs> I guess you could listen to it in between. Uh, so you can do In the Mouth of Madness, and then maybe after that, In the Mood for Love, and in between, you could listen mm. to In the Aeroplane Over the Sea oh. by um, right, Mutual right. yeah, yeah, Hotel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest, I haven't listened to sound for like five years, I think, but, um, no, it's, it's pretty good. It was pretty hot on the internet. I think like a decade ago. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like a folk rock kind of album. Uh, it's got some cool lyrics. Um, I don't have heaps to say about this album, but like, it's basically just, it's kind of like the song is about Anne Frank and some of the songs, they're like about obsessiveness Yeah, and it's like, that's about, that's what these are too. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. It was a great pick. You're (laughs) so right. We always make them work. I'm a genius. Yeah. Um, Yeah, That's me. Oh, go Hirsch. I like that. I thought you were going to say in the court of the Crimson King, which is going to be in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, well, I've got another in the, yes, my trivia in the attic this week is just like an old faithful, old and trusty and faithful. It's just (laughs) Phil Collins in the air tonight, the song, (laughs) just for the drum solo. Or maybe that ad that that's in, you know, the Cadbury ad. If you just listened to our triple in the attic this week, you'd be like, what the fuck for the movies? (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. Absolutely not. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's that's like an underrated bit in that song. Like, obviously, uh, like, I'm not going to argue the best bit in the song is the drum. Duh. But there's also a bit earlier where there's like remember? a fake. Yeah, where he's yeah. like, you remember. Oh, there's like this weird rapper sort of spit on yeah. it. Yeah. 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 He good. says, remember, like, remember. He's like, remember. remember. The <laughs> best so Phil Collins song is Son of Man from the Tarzan. Oh, shut up, man. This is by far so the best Phil Collins I love just picturing him. Like singing and then drumming like and then trying to sing and, like and drum. I just think that's incredible. Like that. You would have yeah. to have <laughs> such an 
in, like intense yeah. understanding of a rhythm to do that. Like <laughs> just surely he has that as a drummer. Like I can't <laughs> tap my hands like well She's at trying. different times. No, keep doing it. You're good. Oh, you know who's really good at that? Anthony can do like two different yeah, tempos. Oh my gosh, would we be able to hear? Well, it? He's gonna do it, and, and we'll, we'll react. We'll react to thing. it. Just do it, and we'll react. I don't know. Just, just, do it do in we your just head. make a video and put it on Instagram. Or we'll put it on no, Instagram. I watch it it now. Make those, okay, well, we'll put it on Instagram cool. and we'll watch it now. Alright, here's okay. what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna use oh. oh, he's gonna use us or something. Oh, oh he's gonna use ah. the microphones. Alright, so I'm gonna use Hirsch's microphone and Meg's microphone and they're gonna be different hands. And oh. then what I'm gonna well, do is, is I'm gonna like I'm gonna pan their mics oh. to the left and the right so you can hear the different hands differently. Oh. I don't know how any so of this So you'll get works. like a headphone stereo thing if it works out. This wow. is so experimental. I'm not really... What if people... What if, what if this has like a sudden... What if this has like a sudden cane effect? People like driving their cars listening to our podcast <gasps> and they hear this and they're like... <laughs> like crash their cars Mush and shit. Drum. <laughs> yeah. oh exactly. Okay, I'm ready. What, what's it? What, All right. Can we sing to it or no? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like what if this is what you're talking about of like doing them at the different times. Yeah. Then there's like right. so it's, the thing is polyrhythms, which is like yeah. simple ratios of two things where they're like evenly spaced, and they start at the same time and come around again. So like doing two clicks at the same time as doing three clicks and having them be evenly spaced. So if you yeah. go I think one I can do that. two one. Two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, 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 one, Anyway, that's that's how. That yeah, works. I feel like my mom brought a, like a magician to my like seventh birthday party. I'm like, whoa, and everyone's like, he's so cool, and I'm like, yeah, you know, just for my birthday. Wow, stunning. Maybe that's my triplet, Anthony clicking. <laughs> I just want to say when mom and I that went saw Phil Collins at the start of the year, oh, like last year. Nice brag. His son did Tracked. the. Yeah, I'm proud. Um, <laughs> his son did the drumming. How cute is that? Oh, and he was literally just sitting oh, really? in a chair on stage singing. There's something really nice about that. It's like, yeah. oh, let him do it. Very wholesome. Well, cute. Your triplet. My triplet this week uh, pretty much has nothing to do with In the Mood for Love. It just direct, like, relates like the Lovecrafty and like, ideas and themes of In the Mouth of Madness. And it's an awesome uh, like board game card game that I play called Arkham Horror the Card Game. And it's amazing because it's kind of like got lots of like little stories and campaigns. Like it's always expanding. It's literally just like, mm. it, like it is like a board game, but it's essentially like an interactive book. It kind of feels like that, mm. you know? Novelistic. Like there's characters with cool names like Roland Banks and like like paranoia and amnesia cards and stuff and like different campaigns you go on. And like the the first, like the very first mission you do is like, you're in your study and then like the door disappears in front of you and it's like just like that 
like when I first read that card, I was like, that is so spooky. Yeah. Like it's so full of random cool ideas like that. Yes, that I'm just I like, love. So fun to live that, you know? I love in it that it's like you can die, like you can lose health, but you can also like lose your mind. You can lose your Like you yeah. need to look after both of the stats. You have to look after your sanity because sometimes shit happens to you and you're like, ah, and then and like, like <laughs> that'll impact the further And it's like, like to you pass some challenges, it's like, are you willing to lose like three brain points? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, will you let yourself see something so horrifying? It like destroys your It destroys life. you. Like, that's that's cool. so cool. Exactly, yeah. I just think it like really definitely balances all the things that are exciting to Lovecraft because I think something we didn't really talk about with Mouth of Madness is like Lovecraft is like quite famously really hard to translate to any other forms of media. Like I'm very interested to see how um, uh, Color Out of Space turns out, which is Nicolas Cage's Mm. upcoming film that's like from the producers of Mandy and is definitely going for similar vibes. Yeah, just Lovecraft because it's all about Mm. like – what you can't Weird, ethereal, yep. what you can't like Imagine. lock down and grasp. I think it's hard to translate. And yeah, Arkham Horror, the card game, does that really, really well. Cool. Cool. Sick. Yay. Well, thank you so much for listening, little friends. Um, wow. A huge thank you to Hirsch Yay, for joining us today. You were so great to talk to you and you had great thoughts and everything. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, like leave us a review on Apple Podcasts we read them all and they're all really sweet and you know subscribe and follow and all those things and we've also been talking about like i think the way that i follow podcasts and learn about new podcasts is when people tell me about them like word of mouth i think yeah. that's a huge thing in this field that you know we're like little babies we don't even know what we're doing so like <laughs> it'd be a huge help to us if you like told a friend about us or just like yeah literally any small little action like that really helps us out and you can of course send feedbacks feedbacks feedback and suggestions and stuff <laughs> to twin podcast at gmail.com yeah or mm, this isn't really an alternative to that but you can go on roughcutfilm.com you should do that in addendum movie too. stuff yeah yeah exactly and you know what team i better head off to the gym before our next episode because we next week's twin picks if you want to watch to be prepped for it are the bodybuilding documentary Ooh. uh pumping iron and pain and gain Yes. Pretty weird. Gains, baby, gains. Gains, baby, gains, baby, gains, baby. Ooh, that, no, I hate that. Oh, I know. I hate it too. Dance Mikey was really in my head for two days. Not because it's good, obviously, just because it gets in there. Can I just ask something real quick that was like, I was going to ask this when we compared the movies, but I forgot. Yeah. Um, what do you think would be the better movie? Um, John Carpenter making In the Mood for Love or Ron Kawai making <laughs> um, Oh, gosh. Well, what would they both uh, In the Mood for Love with John Carpenter? Imagine the score, first off. Like, wow. they'd be like deeply human. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it would be like synth saxophone. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't think, I feel like he always makes love interests kind of odd. Like, in yeah, this probably. And in the, They Live. In I think Wonka Wai could probably make a decent ish in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. would be so cool and restrained and like really scary because you'd be like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like he always yeah. just has so the weirdest. Perce- well, Carpenter has the weirdest perception of, as you said, like who would date who. Like the Tony Lung <laughs> character would be like a wrestler, <laughs> and she would be like <laughs> some like, career woman with like a mullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should be really boring, and the other guy would just be fucking insane. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously the John Carpenter one, because I'd love that one. Nah. Stunning. Um, Meg, also, before we go yet again, can you enlighten a d- little discovery we just made as well about uh, the headphones you've been wearing for the oh, past okay. hour? <laughs> We've been recording for a, a while. while, and 
We only have a couple pairs of headphones. Usually some people wear them, some people don't, and I like to wear them, so I wore them. But the whole time I couldn't hear myself. So Meg <laughs> was just care. wearing these headphones because she thought she looked good. It was mainly because they kept my ears warm. <laughs> also just because I liked being like I think muffled. it's because Meg, Meg, you would straight up drop this podcast like that to be a DJ. Oh, yes. Are you kidding? <laughs> Where no will question. that ever be a decision? She said all you have to choose. She's so bad. Oh, I really badly want to be a, want to DJ. Be a DJ. Wait, a little People child. Know. Yeah, yeah, I work with children. I work at a party room for kids with children. And the other day this kid kept on telling me they wanted to be a DJ. And I kept on being like, can you DJ for me? And at the table, he'd be like, oh, oh. <laughs> so, It was great. That's what I do as well. Your mum. I'm like, look, mum. We've seen it. Look we've what I can it. do. And I'm just miming DJing. Well, just like these films, this episode, we've cast a wide net of topics and ideas. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> <See ya. laughs> sanity, sanity, sanity. Twins, twins.